It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. From the clouds to the ground, battles are raging and expanding, and even now, far too few since the gravity and immediacy of what's unfolding. Warm sides to so-called winter storms, straight out of the record-warm Gulf of Mexico. That's where these storms are coming from. Tornadoes, thunderstorms, thunder snow, hurricane-force blizzards, frozen material in various forms that now commonly starts to fall from the skies at far above freezing temperatures. Have the laws of physics changed? No. But what's orchestrating these storms has. And if the patented processes of chemical ice nucleation is continued, depending on conditions, surface temperatures can be dropped to a bone-chilling surface layer of cold. If you think it's all just nature behaving badly, think again. Here's a rundown on theatrically named storm events since the first of the year. We had winter storm Ember, winter storm Finn, now winter storm Jerry. Still coming will be winter storm Heather, then Indigo, Jarvis, Caden. The list goes on. We'll soon see how far the geoengineers get through this list and how much of the population will wake up along the way to what's being done to them. Engineered atmospheric operations are scheduled to continue chemically flash freezing portions of the U.S. Many more breaking details coming on the subject of engineered winter weather. Stay tuned. Have elected officials finally joined the fight to expose and halt the climate engineering onslaught? More on that important question in a moment. Stay tuned. But first, here's the bottom line. Almost. Humanity, the final century, global ecocide, and the Holocene extinction. That's the title of a newly released publication that addresses our near-term common demise. Here's a short summary of the publication. 16,000 scientists from 163 countries have signed a warning to humanity that global climate change, ocean acidification, a collapse of human society, and the extinction of species are increasingly possible this century, they say. The report continues, the complete collapse of society, including the end of the monetary, food, energy, water, sanitation, emergency, medical, transportation, communication, industrial, and government systems and services, the meltdown of hundreds of nuclear power plants, and the end of humanity. How many times have I tried to point that part out over the last 15 years? 442 nuclear power plants that are going to go into full meltdown scenarios, a.k.a. Fukushima times 442, and that's on top of all the other converging catastrophes. And again, this publication states we can expect all this by the end of the century. 16,000 so-called scientists, and they are completely off the mark. Not on what's coming, but rather when. And unfortunately, contrary to what most are desperately trying to convince themselves of, these 16,000 scientists are not playing the part of alarmists. They are actually in deep, deep denial of the gravity and the immediacy of what we collectively face. Mathematically certain, extremely near-term extinction, not at the end of this century, but statistically by the end of this decade, if we remain in the current course. 
And no matter how many shake their heads and walk away from this mathematical and statistical-based conclusion, denial won't stop what's coming. Indeed, what's already underway. What's coming won't seem real until it is. And it's now perilously close to being exactly that. And to those that continue to try and convince themselves that it can't be that bad, that if it was, others around them would be alarmed. But they aren't. Stop and consider the depth of total obliviousness that is and has been epidemic in the human race, most severely in first world societies, the majority of which are so willfully blind, with their eyes wide shut to their surroundings, that the sky could literally be on fire and most wouldn't even notice it. And if they did, it would never occur to them that they have a responsibility to take appropriate action, to be a part of the cure and not a passive contributor to the disease. The human race must completely alter its current course, starting with stopping what's taking place in our skies, or we're doomed in the extremely near-term horizon. The truth is indeed a bitter pill, but there it is. So what can we do? Here's a step in the right direction on the subject of exposing and halting weather warfare from New Hampshire representatives, House Bill 1700-FN, As introduced in the 2024 session, here are excerpts prohibiting the intentional release of polluting emissions, including cloud seeding, weather modification, excessive electromagnetic radio frequency and microwave radiation, and making penalties for violation of such prohibition. Continuing, the general court finds that many atmospheric activities such as weather modification, stratospheric aerosol injection, acronym SAI, solar radiation modification, SRM, and other forms of geoengineering involving the intentional release of polluting emissions harm human health and safety, the environment, agriculture, wildlife, aviation, state security, and the economy of the state of New Hampshire. It is therefore the intention of the general court to prohibit stratospheric aerosol injection, geoengineering, and other intentionally polluting activities in New Hampshire's atmosphere and or at ground level. How's that for an example to the rest of the so-called elected officials in the divided states of America? Let's keep going. There's more. Federal programs have become destructive. That's another statement from this bill. From page two of the bill, the commissioner of the Department of Environmental Services shall immediately issue a cease and desist order upon the discovery of stratospheric aerosol injection, cloud seeding, weather modification, or other atmospheric polluting activity, including excessive electromagnetic radio frequency microwave radiation, as stated earlier. Under the heading of penalties and enforcement, an entity or individual who engages in a hazardous atmospheric activity or any entity or individual who uses an unmarked or unidentified aircraft or other vehicle or facility to carry out stratospheric aerosol injection, geoengineering, weather modification, cloud seeding, or other polluting atmospheric activity has committed a felony and shall pay a fine of not less than $500,000 or be imprisoned for not less than two years or both. Really rather small penalties for what amounts to ecocide and genocide in the long term. This bill continues with the following, shall be guilty of a separate offense for each day during which violation activity has been conducted, repeated, or continued, and shall be deemed in violation and subject to the penalties of multiple bills named and other applicable pollution laws of the state of New Hampshire. I'll stop there. My intent to give an idea of what this bill contains. 
for a just posted very short video of this New Hampshire anti-geoengineering bill, which includes the entire piece of proposed legislation with important statements highlighted, check the recent section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Global ecological collapse is already entering advanced stages, but finally, a flag of courage from the ranks of government officials. With all this being said, legislation, even if it were to get passed, won't stop the controllers or climate engineering, but it does bring desperately needed attention to the weather warfare crimes. And ultimately, reaching a critical mass of public awareness is the only way forward in this fight, aka the proverbial pitchforks and torches moment all over the world. It's up to all of us to look up, speak up, and to do our part in the all-important effort to expose and halt the climate intervention destruction. To summarize, no functional environment, no economy, no state, no country, no civilization, no people. Further, if we remain on the current course, we will take the entire web of life down with us. There are countless forms of highly destructive human activities. Our species, taken as a whole, has trashed the planet in the geologic blink of an eye. But currently, the most destructive human activity of all is what is so obviously taking place in the skies above. Climate intervention operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political, global alert news report, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate intervention operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. Again, reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. We can, we must, reach a critical mass by starting a conversation on the climate engineering issue that leads people to a credible source of data, geoengineeringwatch.org will continue all of our efforts to be the go-to source on covert climate intervention operations. Moving on, winter weather update again in a moment, but first, are we hurtling toward nuclear annihilation on top of the already baked-in near-term self-annihilation on numerous fronts? The short answer is yes. New from usnews.com and Reuters, Russia's Medvedev warns of nuclear response if Ukraine hits missile launch sites. A senior ally of President Vladimir Putin warned on Thursday that any Ukrainian attacks on missile launch sites inside Russia with arms supplied by the United States and its allies would risk a nuclear response from Moscow. For the record, Putin controls 5,889 nuclear warheads. Now let's add this from CBC Canada. U.S. and British militaries bombing Houthi sites in Yemen, officials say. Spiraling out of control. Was it all part of the plan from the start? From a specific event late last year that a specific government was given a specific 40-page blueprint of over a year before the event happened, but did absolutely nothing to prevent it? Connect the puzzle pieces. This side note. Have those who push the nuclear buttons, or would push them, and may push them, have they ever faced war themselves? Ever? No. They only create them. And let's not forget, circles of power have openly discussed what they see as a potential benefit of a nuclear exchange to temporarily cool the planet. And what happens after that? It wouldn't matter. 
we would all be gone. Any level of nuclear war on top of all the damage already done to the planet and the climate system would be a death sentence for all life on Earth. Game over. About the ongoing conflict zones, the controllers of the Matrix do whatever they want without any meaningful pushback from the majority. From carpet bombing civilian population locations to making sure the meat grinder of measured conflict continues in other regions, and all of it furthering the bottom line profit of the military industrial complex, which ultimately is an arm of the money printers who control it all. But the profits won't matter much on a dead planet, will they? Who will be invaded and bombed, and who won't? The money printers are the top tier of matrix manipulators, from orchestrated events like the historical example of Pearl Harbor and parallel events all along the way, including now, that are utilized as pretexts for unbridled military brutality. And because the same core of power has also almost total control of matrix media, the public is fed a constant diet of total deception and distraction, feeding from the mainstream trough of total propaganda, pacifying far too many so they will feel good about what their criminal governments are carrying out in their name, along with their personal pursuit of pleasure till the brutal, bitter end. And yes, I realize there are many that are just trying to survive from day to day. And of course, my message isn't directed toward you. On the subject of meltdown, chemically cooling Earth's surface for short windows of time won't save us. It's only accelerating our common demise. Consider the title of this recent science study from the American Geophysical Union, Chemical Impact of Stratospheric Alumina Particle Injection for Solar Radiation Modification and Related Uncertainties. The report says global warming caused by increased greenhouse gases could be temporarily reduced, the report states, by introducing aerosol particles into the stratosphere, which, however, could result in undesirably strong warming of the stratosphere and significant ozone depletion. Wow, what an amazing coincidence that both of those are happening right now. The AGU report continues with this. This might be improved, they say, by injecting solid particles, for example, made of aluminum oxide. However, here we show that the extremely limited availability of experimental studies on heterogeneous chemistry of alumina under the influence of stratospheric concentrations of other elements leads to large uncertainties in the impact of alumina injection on stratospheric ozone. In order to quantify these uncertainties, we integrated the currently available knowledge about the most important heterogeneous reaction into an aerosol chemistry climate model. They then say this, we conclude that the uncertainty in the resulting heterogeneous reaction rate is more than two orders of magnitude. This could lead, they say, to global ozone column depletion. Clarification, not could, not may, not might lead to global ozone column depletion. Long since has done so. Please search the ozone destruction section on the homepage of Geoengineering Watch to learn what, unfortunately, far too few even want to know. For the record, not only is the ozone layer collapsing, bioavailable aluminum nanoparticles are highly toxic to all life forms, period, no exceptions, and it's building up everywhere and in everything. So there you have it. Total deception and insanity from what society considers to be the core institutions of the so-called experts. 
Still, even now, pretending climate engineering isn't raging in our skies, contaminating the entire planet, and wreaking havoc with every single strand of the web of life, without which we all perish in the extremely near term. The AGM, again the American Geophysical Union, pushing for what has already been deployed for over 75 years, the jet spraying of aluminum nanoparticles along with a long list of other highly toxic elements. Try not to breathe. More on this theme, different source. New from phys.org, uncertainty abounds in seeding the sky to fight climate change, study says. So many of these articles out every single week. I'm only giving a few key samples. And just try to grasp the level of insanity we live in when the whole of so-called academia pretends that what is so obviously occurring in our skies isn't happening. More from this article. Previous research has focused on using gaseous sulfur dioxide, which also releases in volcanic eruptions. That's to try to make it sound benign when it's not. However, the injection of sulfur dioxide into the stratosphere is associated with side effects, including, again, ozone depletion and local stratospheric heating. Same two elements, like the kind, again, occurring right now. The PHYS report then says, recent studies have shown that the use of solid materials such as alumina, calcite, or even listen to this, diamond particles, could more effectively cool the climate while simultaneously reducing these side effects. Let's stop there. Diamonds? Really? This is coming from so-called scientists. They're going to spray diamonds in the sky? Are they all laughing it up behind closed doors while they spew total nonsense like that? Or the space mirror proposal to reflect the sun? Or the Brazil-sized balloons in space to do the same? Or covering the polar ice in Greenland with tarps to slow the melting? The list of unfathomable idiocy from the so-called science community goes on and on and on. And all of it, I'm sure, is, quote, safe and effective. Finally, this from the same so-called science report, quote, there is limited understanding of how solid material injection affects the stratospheric ozone layer. The current understanding is based on scant, decades-old experimental data on alumina particles emitted into the stratosphere via solid fuel space rocket exhaust. What a surprise. By design, no so-called science institution has ever admitted to the last 75 years of aircraft sprayed dispersions, let alone studied it or disclosed it. Let's all just keep pretending that geoengineering jets aren't blanketing our skies with toxic nanoparticles day in and day out. Here's some quick FYI, not-so-fun facts to highlight why the controllers will try to hide climate engineering from public consciousness till the moment of impact. In the U.S., 28 separate billion-dollar weather and climate disaster events occurred in 2023. The total cost from these 28 events was $92.9 billion. The total cost of the last seven years, that's 2017 to 2023, exceeds $1 trillion. Climate intervention operations are inseparable from all of it. On the subject of trashing the planet, how's this? A chemical disaster occurred almost every day in 2023. Reports as petrochemical incidents aren't always as visible as the East Palestine train derailment, but at least 322 of such events, again, chemical disasters, happened last year. Let's correct the record here. Due to the nonstop spraying of our skies, 
A chemical disaster is happening every minute of every day, 24-7, 365 days a year. Next, from the Washington Post, this headline, Will we turn away from carbon fuels in time? Question mark. Here's the answer. Mine, not theirs. It's too late. At least two decades too late. With climate intervention operations further fueling the too-lateness of this insane paradigm. Please forgive the slang terminology, but that's the fact of the matter. Here's more bad news about our soils, which are already almost sterile from the fallout of pollution and climate engineering elements, which are the single greatest source of atmospheric particulate pollution. From theconversation.com, how industrial agriculture is disturbing the nitrogen cycle and undermining conditions for life on Earth. The report says, planetary boundaries are thresholds of disturbance beyond which our Earth's systems are put on an uncontrollable and irreversible path that undermines the very conditions for life. Bottom line, the soils are literally being sterilized. Highly toxic elements from climate engineering fallout are core. Let me give an example of that. In my region of formerly pristine forest on the east side of Lake Shasta, Northern California, I have the historical USDA baseline pH values. This is from the 40s. I got them from a connection with the USDA. And subsequent testing, and some of it in the field I have done with current USDA scientists who have not summoned the courage to make their voice heard yet, we have noted pH changes of 10 to 12 times toward alkaline. That's inconceivable. That's how much toxic fallout is coming down in our precipitation. Soils that were historically acidic, 5.4, 5.5, have escalated to 6.5, 6.6, or even higher. For those that don't know it, one full point on that pH scale is a magnitude of 10. Is it any wonder everything's dying in the forest? Every fir tree in this forest is in some stage of death or already dead, and that's the predominant tree in the forest. And the trees that died first were in the riparian areas where they were never without water, but they had the greatest accumulation of these contaminants, died first. It is horrifically painful for me to walk through this forest where the sentient beings that were once my friends are now ghosts, dead. And I have had to watch that happen while screaming at the top of my lungs to anyone that would listen that short of a complete course correction, we will follow the fate of the trees very soon. Let's keep going from the UK Guardian. Where has all the honey gone? Question mark. That's the headline. Scientists point to factors in declining yields. Yet again, climate engineering and nano-aluminum particles are core. Please search bees aluminum. You will find peer-reviewed study that has proven that bees are dying of symptoms that resemble Alzheimer's and dementia in a human being. Why? Because they're packed full of aluminum. And this is occurring in places a thousand miles from any farm or industry. Obviously, it's coming from the sky. And in the case of our rain tests on the west coast, and we have nothing west of us, which is where the prevailing weather comes from, until you get to Asia, and yet we have had rain tests here that had as much as 3,450 parts per billion of aluminum. That is highly toxic rain. And nothing from any official agency, any elected official... Congressman Doug LaMalfa from Northern California, my congressman that I met with multiple times and his staff, and they, I was told by a staff member, were were told from up the ladder to stop 
talking about this issue, and that's exactly what they did. And even with Congressman Lamalfa stating to me on film on the record, please search geoengineeringwatch.org confronting a congressman, and you will see me confronting Congressman Lamalfa and his commitment to follow through on earlier commitments, which he didn't follow through on, to analyze this situation, if I could provide him data from what he considered, quote, a credible source that there was aluminum or precipitation, and I, through a contract in, a contact in California EPA, gave him data from California EPA, and did he ever do anything? Anything? No, nothing. Because that's what the paid clowns in our so-called government are there to do to run interference and to push the power structure agendas. That's what they do. I don't care what side of the aisle it's on. makes no difference. They're all different sides of the same coin of total insanity. More planetary destruction from nature.com. Approval of seabed mining worries scientists. Really? I can't imagine why the total decimation of seabeds would concern scientists. What could go wrong? Sarcasm, of course. Again, Welcome to the asylum. Let's keep going. Mass fish die-offs that the so-called scientists just can't figure out. From Fager.com and many other sources, mysterious mass fish deaths in Philippines sparked natural disaster fears. Reports as large schools of fish were found washed up in the Philippines, which excited some local inhabitants who saw it as a gift from God. However, others were concerned that the occurrence might be a signal of impending natural disaster. You think? It's not just the Philippines. Thousands of tons of fish just washed up on the shores of Japan. Some 50,000 tons of farmed salmon died not that long ago in Chile. It's all over the world. The oceans are dying by the day. When they die, we will follow quickly. Here's a quick update on the rapidly worsening microplastics contamination of the entire planet with climate engineering polymer nanoparticles being the part of the equation that no official agency, elected official, or so-called scientist wants to admit to. New from APNews.com, scientists find about a quarter million invisible nanoplastic particles in a liter of bottled water. Reports says the average liter of bottled water has nearly a quarter million invisible pieces of ever so tiny nanoplastics detected and categorized for the first time by microscope using dual lasers. Yes, yet another case of the so-called science community having absolutely no idea that we're all guzzling highly bioavailable and bioaccumulative microplastics in every bottle of so-called safe clean water. About 250,000 such particles in every bottle. Polymer nanoparticles Part of climate engineering operations and chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding, a.k.a. engineered winter weather. How many times on this broadcast have I stressed the importance of not eating the snow? And there's another example of why. On the subject of engineered winter weather whiplash, the weather makers and their power structure controllers seek the most sensational headlines possible. Such headlines work shockingly well to mind wipe all those that refuse to admit that the planet is already deeply damaged from countless forms of human activity with climate engineering at the top of the list and that Earth has just endured by far the hottest six months in recorded history, each month shattering the all-time hottest record set from the prior month, six in a row. Here's a few samples of the latest highly sensationalized winter weather headlines from this week. AccuWeather. Arctic blast to invade central, southern, and eastern U.S. prior to mid-month. 
Reports is the coldest weather so far this winter is about to freeze portions of the central and eastern United States as dangerously cold Arctic air will arrive in the wake of a blizzard. Let's continue. Perilous blizzard to thrash Midwest, followed by dangerous flash freeze. That report says a major storm will strike 13 states of the Midwest with travel stopping blizzard conditions and temperature forecasts to crash into the teens, single digits, and even below zero. Climate engineers love this kind of headline. There's more. Here's another. 100 inches of snow and 40 below zero. Northwest faces harsh winter weather. Snow will be measured in feet in parts of the northwest in the weekend as cold Arctic air combines forces with a storm train from the Pacific. Let's not forget the flow of moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico. Here's another Chicago blizzard. Conditions to precede ferocious, quote, Arctic air. They can put whatever label they want in this. They're chemically nucleating air masses to create a cold, dense layer on the surface and then calling it some Arctic storm. That's not the case. They're just engineered weather warfare monstrosities. This report says the biggest snowstorm so far this winter could evolve into a blizzard in Chicago and surrounding areas, and it will be followed by AccuWeather real field temperatures more than 20 degrees below zero. Let's stop there. For the record, real field means wind chill temperatures, and that isn't the actual temperature. But who cares? If you can mislead much of the public into believing that it is, so much the better for the controllers that are trying desperately to convince populations that the planet is cold and not in total meltdown. Next, from MSN.com, polar vortex set to bring below freezing temperatures to a shocking 88% of the U.S. And the grand finale, this recent announcement from severeweather.eu. The most intense Arctic blast of the season heads for Canada and the United States after a series of winter storm impacts. Will they pull it off? We'll know soon enough. Again, don't eat the frozen material that falls from the sky. The severe weather report continues. A progressive weather pattern has been established across North America. Let's stop there. Established? By who? The climate engineers? They continue. With multiple winter storm impacts for Canada and the United States, storms Ember and Finn brought blizzards, dumped deep snow for the Midwest, and severe weather along the Gulf Coast. Another even stronger winter storm, Jerry, is shaping up for this Friday, yesterday, and now unfolding, and is expected to significantly impact travels with deep snow and blizzard conditions across the nation over the weekend. Then, the severe weather report states, The most intense Arctic blast of the winter season will spread across Canada and the U.S., pushing temperatures 40 to 60 degrees below normal. I want to stress that is a shallow layer of chemically induced cold. They say a strong pressure gradient will induce severe winds, which is now necessary for their process of enhancing the endothermic reacting materials being seeded by the climate engineers, accompanied by heavy snowfall. So many areas will be impacted by blowing snow, blizzard conditions, and reduced visibility. Traveling will be arduous to nearly impossible for millions along Jerry's path. Next, they say, the real deal will follow in the wake of the storm as an extensive reservoir of frigid cold air mass will begin its progress from Arctic Canada far south and spread into the United States. Temperatures will plunge into deep freeze, reaching more than 50 degrees Fahrenheit below average for the northern states. Really. And the flow of moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico that's feeding into this mess, being chemically nucleated with always an ice storm transition zone between the warm flow of moisture and the eventually chemically frozen material... 
And all of these completely bizarre, historically completely unnatural processes must be recognized by the so-called experts at institutions like the Weather Channel, yet their climate engineering cover-up actors continue to toe the line, read their script, and deceive populations. For the record, if we look at the global departure from normal high temperature map, where do we see the only radically below normal temperatures on the globe? Parts of the eastern U.S., parts of Canada, and Russia. The countries with the biggest militaries in the world are able to chemically cool their populations to keep their populations completely oblivious as to the true state of the climate, no matter how hot it's been, off and on. Engineer a few of these sensationalized storms, and they forget all about it, don't they? So with all those headlines of cold, 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 does that sound like a planet spiraling into total meltdown? Obviously not, and that's the point, isn't it? Are we now seeing the actual agendas from the December COP28 climate conference carried out in real time? Agendas formed by those that are actually in control from behind the curtain? Anyone who thinks the scripted political clowns on either side of the orchestrated political divide have any say in anything, time to wake up. Those that control the flow of money control the rest. How could it be otherwise? So, is the deep freeze over half the U.S. again an accurate indication of what's taking place around the world? Not so much. For the record, half the U.S. lower 48 is less than 1% of the Earth's surface area. Hardly an indication of the whole world. About the actual state of the planet, from NDTV India, snowless Himalayas. Think about that, snowless Himalayas. The report states, El Nino effect leads to dry winter, worries over ripple effect. Continues, 2023 was the warmest on record year, and the warming El Nino event is likely to further fuel the heat in 2024. The report says, if it continues longer, it can have a huge cascading effect on socioeconomic conditions. The picture is no different in Kashmir, it says. Popular tourist destinations have received almost no snow. Places that would ideally have a minimum of four to six feet have almost nothing. Temperatures are far above normal. Need a bigger military. They could fix that problem, at least for a while, at least until the planet's completely dead. Here's a footnote on the cloud seeding fallout from phys.org. More aerosol particles than thought are forming over Siberia. Fine study. In Siberia that has some colder than normal regions because of their massive Russian military. Yes, aerosols just magically forming. Pay no attention to the giant geoengineering jets spewing their toxic filth. Nothing to see here. And what about this from the Washington Post? Northern Hemisphere winter snowpack could fall off the snow loss cliff. That's from the Washington Post. Now calculate this into the equation. New from the UK Guardian, 2023 smashes record for world's hottest year by huge margin. The report says rapid reduction in carbon fuel burning urgently needed to preserve livable conditions, say scientists, as climate damage deepens. And this from the UK Guardian also world will look back at 2023 as the year humanity exposed its inability to tackle climate crisis, scientists say. Again, the year cited is wrong. Mathematically speaking, the point of no return is in the rearview mirror. We passed it about two decades ago. Here's a footnote. The climate engineers appear to be doing their best to crush the El Nino event, which releases heat from the oceans back into the atmosphere. The geoengineers can and are manipulating upper-level wind currents, which in turn manipulates ocean currents, a.k.a. the Enzo events of El Nino and La Nina. 
The most foundational factor in regard to the overall temperature of the planet is the oceans. With that in mind, here's a few headline examples from this week alone. From CommonDreams.org, ocean heat, sea surface temperatures, shattered records in 2023. From the report, ocean heat content has been on the rise since the late 1950s, and for the past decade, each year has been warmest on record for past decades. Every single year, ocean's warmer than the last. And for the record, here's another ominous statistical fact. We've just passed the 537th month in a row of above-average global temperatures. And please don't believe anything I report on this broadcast. I've never asked or wanted anyone to blindly believe the data that I'm trying so desperately to sound the alarm about. What I am asking is for honest, objective investigation while it can still make a difference. And about those temperature records, they have occurred in spite of the radical underreporting of official highs, and in spite of the data skewing that comes from all the engineered temporary toxic surface cooldowns, like so-called winter storm Ember, Finn, Jerry, Heather, Indigo, Jarvis, Caden, etc. Total theater of mass distraction and sensationalized deception. From the UK Guardian, quote, astounding ocean temperatures in 2023 intensified extreme weather data shows. From AFP News, global warming pushes ocean temperatures off the charts. And from technologynetworks.com, high ocean temperatures helped make 2023 the hottest year on record. And the ocean surface temperature charts from the start of 2024 are beyond shocking, already soaring far above last year at this time. Let's take a moment to remember this fundamental fact. A cubic meter of seawater can retain 4,000 times the thermal energy of a cubic meter of air. Ocean temperatures are the bottom line indicator of a planet that is already running a terminal fever. Climate intervention operations and the attempt to chemically mask that fever and to use weather as a weapon is further fueling the overall meltdown. How much heat is entering the oceans and atmosphere? The thermal energy equivalent of seven Hiroshima bombs per second. Think about that. So, to reiterate, climate engineering surface chemical cooldowns are actually further fueling the overall warming of the planet, making the overall trajectory of near-term self-annihilation more certain by the day. Please search and view the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn what few want to know. Another measurement that reached record levels in 2023 was ocean stratification, superheating stratifying seas. Welcome to what is known as Canfield Ocean. If you don't know the term, and few do, or what it means, please investigate Canfield Ocean. And if it truly manifests, this is a death sentence for all life on earth. On that upbeat note, you're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the Bad News Broadcast, installment number 440, January 13th, 2024. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is broadcast on numerous AM and FM stations throughout the country. Recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. 
now with about four and a half million views, I believe. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to the dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. How do we reach those that still aren't looking up? Here's one way, by starting the conversation with Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials, which can be found on our homepage. Our only goal is to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. Extremely high quality printed materials with shocking images, a picture is worth a thousand words as the proverb goes. We now have Geoengineering Watch hoodies to go with our new Geoengineering Watch shirts. We have a new design shirt as well. Shirt and hoodie photos are on our homepage. We have scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Reaching a critical mass of awareness on the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we have a chance of stopping it from the inside out. If you're willing to share a picture of yourself with a Geoengineering Watch t-shirt, perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, or busy street downtown, please send us your photo so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. And as always, my deepest thanks to all those that are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters. I am profoundly grateful to all of you. It's our collective efforts that can still make a difference at this late hour. Moving on. With all those super sensationalized headlines of how cold, cold, cold it is, let's add this piece of the puzzle. From Breitbart.com, Blinken, Macron, Lai, and Gutierrez lead rush of globalist elites flying into Davos. The report states 60 heads of state and government are packing their bags and ready to fly into the luxury Swiss mountain resort of Davos ahead of the next World Economic Forum annual meeting, the 54th celebration of global power and elite management hosted by founder, none other than Klaus Schwab, of course. This annual meeting will welcome over 100 governments, all major international organizations, 1,000 forums, partners, as well as civil society leaders, experts, youth representatives, social entrepreneurs, and news outlets. The WEF boasts on its dedicated online site. So that there's no confusion, this gathering of the global controllers of the matrix is about preparing for imminent total collapse, which can no longer be stopped. How much more clear can such a conclusion be at this point? Attempting to put a new set of brakes on a car that has already crashed through the guardrail and is careening to the bottom of the canyon won't make a difference. The question that remains to be answered is this, will anyone survive the ride to the bottom? And how much longer will the majority of populations actively or passively support the clinically insane that are running the asylum? When will that change? More on those who control the money and thus the narrative. Keep in mind all the sensationalized deep freeze headlines already covered in this broadcast. New from the UK Guardian, U.S. oil lobby launches eight-figure ad blitz amid record carbon fuel extraction. That's tens of millions of dollars. And that's only what we know about. Again, those who control the flow of money control the narrative. The Guardian report then states, campaign pushes idea oil is, quote, vital to global security. The ad blitz, which uses images of farm vehicles, footballers under floodlights, and concert goers holding their iPhones lit up, 
comes after U.S. oil production reached a record high in 2023, which was also, again, the hottest year ever recorded. The Guardian report continues with this. Evidence suggests the carbon fuel lobby are not letting the latest crises go to waste, this time in the Red Sea, due to Israel's carpet bombing of Gaza. That's a direct quote from the Guardian. Their words, not mine. None of this should come as any surprise as the walls close in. The global controllers will utilize every tool and opportunity at their disposal to tighten the noose around the collective neck of populations, which are not only expendable to those in power, but are, rather, a rapidly increasing liability. So, back to the chemical ice nucleation surface flash freezes, complete with constant ice storms, thunder snow, and snownados. Remember, even more benefit for the carbon fuel industry. So much energy consumption with the shivering population that will pay anything to keep warm. Here's a footnote to consider. Extreme daily swings in temperature, even with all-day rain and all-night rain. What we see in Northern California is one day with all rain that might have a four or five degree temperature swing from daytime high to nighttime low. And the next day with identical conditions, the swing might be 30 degrees. And the composition of the rain is typically different then. It's a freezing, misty, drippy aircraft herd going overhead as they're chemically nucleating. Take note of all those details. They matter. It's obvious what's happening in our skies even when you can't see it. Last Saturday, January 6th, was the very first below freezing temperature and frost at my home on the east side of Lake Shasta in Northern California. Two very slight freezes during this week, and now, for the moment, the climate engineers don't have another one scheduled in my location for the rest of the winter season. But of course, the script can change on any given day. The extreme chemical surface cooldown that had originally been scheduled for more western U.S., has shifted to the east, but still on the schedule. We'll see what they can pull off. From CNN, where is the ice? Question mark. Great Lakes ice cover is nearly non-existent and reaches 50-year record low. No, not 50-year record low, all-time low. They always try to pretend it happened sometime in the past so people don't worry so much. Here's a parallel report from CBC Canada. No ice on Lake Erie this winter fuels fear for the future. These are the kind of headlines they don't tell you when they're pushing the cold, cold, cold headlines, do they? Again, the bodies of water, far bigger indicator than the short-term temporary surface air cooldowns. Also from CBC Canada, from a week ago, but still relevant when taking into consideration what's now being engineered. Where's winter? Question mark. So far, it's been an unnatural gray and foggy season. Yes, the freezing, drizzly mist that comes when the skies are being heavily seeded with chemical ice nucleating elements. The report says Canadians across the country are noticing a lot less snow than usual so far this winter, along with unseasonably warm weather that has set new temperature records in some places. It's colder in parts of the U.S. than it is in many parts of the Arctic right now. That's not nature. That's simply a manipulation of the climate system from the weather makers because there's no one to stop them, because the public is far too distracted with Caribbean cruises and trips to Disney World. That's going to change soon. Wait and see. So, again, this reminder, 2023 was the hottest year ever recorded by far for average global temperatures, and it will also be the coldest year for the rest of our lives. However long, 
or far more likely short, they may be. From The Guardian, warmer winters and more flooding will be the norm in the UK, scientists warn. The country should be building resilience into the infrastructure to counter flooding like that brought by recent winter storms. The flood map, the report says, is being lit up like a Christmas tree. More of the same from the land down under. A new headline from the Canberra Times in Australia. Record heat fueling, quote, freak natural disasters. More from Australia. This one from the UK Guardian. It's not just the total rainfall. Why is Eastern Australia experiencing such sudden devastating downpours? Question mark. Let's remember Project Popeye in Vietnam well over 50 years ago, a half century ago, when the U.S. military was so successful at controlling the flow of precipitation that global governments, they passed international treaties forbidding weather manipulation, and we don't think they can do it now? Of course they are. At the start of this broadcast, I covered a number of so-called science sources, including the American Geophysical Union, who stated that if climate engineering were to be deployed, it would cause stratospheric warming and ozone layer destruction. With all that in mind, from the bottom of the world... This new report by phys.org. Ozone depletion leads to Antarctic upper stratospheric warming in winter. Imagine that. They continue. Previous studies have shown that in contrast to the cooling in the lower stratosphere, temperatures in the Antarctic upper stratosphere have not been cooling. Rather, significant warming has occurred in this part of the stratosphere since the 1970s. Keep in mind... Climate intervention operations were first fully deployed in the mid-1940s, immediately after World War II. The report then states, This is opposite to the radiative effects of ozone depletion and increased greenhouse gas concentrations. Specifically, the radiative cooling caused by ozone depletion resulted in a stronger meridional temperature gradient between the mid and high latitudes in the upper stratosphere. This allowed more planetary waves, which are waves in the atmosphere that form as a result of Earth's rotation. At least that's what we're told. They don't mention the radio frequency transmissions, microwave transmissions also being used to manipulate the atmosphere. But they continue to propagate upwards and ultimately warm the Antarctic upper stratosphere. These findings could help improve our understanding of the coupling between atmospheric chemistry and the climate in the southern upper stratosphere. Let's stop there. For the record, all of these theories are completely baseless due to the complete omission of the climate engineering factor in the equation, not just the atmospheric aerosol dispersions, but the extremely powerful frequency transmissions used to manipulate these particles and the atmosphere. Man's relentless exploitation of nature. There seems to be no limit to it, but in fact there is. And we're all about to find that out the hard way. As the proverb goes, man's war against nature is a war against himself. How did we get here? Why do so few see what's coming, even now? A quote from Aldous Huxley, from so many years ago, there will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that people will in fact have their liberties taken away, but will rather enjoy it. Question, is it this bad? Short answer, Yes, along with Stockholm Syndrome, 
and normalcy bias, there is confirmation bias. People tend to only listen to arguments and information that support their preconceptions of the world and of what reality is and what it isn't. From ExplorerPsychology.com, this, Conformity, why do people conform? Question mark. Conformity is defined as the tendency to change behavior or to match or align with the behaviors, beliefs, attitudes of other people. It is often an attempt to blend in with others in a person's social group. It is a type of social influence that compels people to behave in ways that are seen as, quote, normal for that specific group. The presence of others can be a powerful force that can convince people that they need to change their beliefs and behaviors. Pressure from groups often leads people to conform with those around them, sometimes even if it conflicts with their personal goals or beliefs. And this, compliance. Compliance refers to changing behavior to gain a reward or avoid punishment. And where does all of this lead? A mass formation psychosis, a.k.a. the collective insanity. We must all ask ourselves what matters and what doesn't. Choosing to do what's right will always be right, no matter what we face. Remember what is in your control and what isn't. Focus on what is. No matter what our personal situation, we can all do something to help alter the current trajectory. And if we do, we may yet salvage some part of the planet's remaining life support systems so that some may make it through what's already unfolding. And I fully understand how overwhelming this message is to many, but it need not be so. If and only if we remember what belongs to us and what doesn't. The only thing we can ever truly call our own is our God-given will, And to exercise that will morally, honorably, virtuously, till our last breath, till we meet our Maker, that is what matters in this life. That is what can't be taken from us, ever, by anyone. And to wholly and completely commit oneself to such a course is to abandon fear and anxiety. We must choose to live in the now, which is the only moment we have ever had, or ever will have. Choose to make a difference in the now. Never give up, ever. Please check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help to move this fight forward. In the words of the Hopi elders, we are the ones we have been waiting for. Please make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.